Sunday recording session. Um, everybody, welcome back, my co-host Michael, for this very, very hip and cool and very sexy bonus episode. Hello. He is doing research on Magic Quest after finding out about it maybe 10, 15 minutes ago from me. I'm okay. looking at Rainforest Cafe now. Right. I want to show you pictures. Okay, that's fair. Um, for those of you who don't know, Magic Quest is like an interactive like wand thing. Like adventure thing, um, I wanted to go. I wanted to go to it when I was really young, when we were in uh, Myrtle Beach. But my stepmom at the time uh, would would go out of her way to make me unhappy, and that was just one of the things she just refused to let me do. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh-huh. That's really cool. No nah, man, a weekend in Tennessee doesn't sound too bad right now. I love Gatlinburg. Yeah, I would love to go on my own because every time I've been, I've been with like family and stuff, and so we'd always have to do what they have to they want to do. And I just I really just want to go to downtown Gatlinburg and fucking go through all the shops and like the attractions they have there. It's so neat. Like I don't know if you've been to Gatlinburg, but it's such a fun place. I have not. I've never been to Tennessee. Oh yeah? Yeah. Well shit. Wait, is Mammoth Cave in t- no Mammoth Cave is still in Kentucky? Yeah, Mammoth Mammoth is still here. Okay. Harry Elephant. Harry Elephant? Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> Harry Elephant Cave. Harry Elephant Cave. Oh no. Um so I spun the wheel for today's episode. I'm sorry if I sound like, you know, out of it. I am interested. I'm just tired. Sundays have me so extremely dead tired all the time and they just have me wanting to take a nap all day. And so Obviously, we always record on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. You should try a five-hour energy. I don't like energy stuff or drinks or things like that. Damn it, Brandon. They're our fucking sponsor. You have to act excited for it. We do not have a sponsor. We haven't even redone our um, fucking anchor ad yet. That's true. We do need to redo that. We need to redo that with Jordan, yeah. Um, Way anchor into our podcast. Hell yeah. Today's episode, we are doing one called Diary of a Mad Mummy. Silence went long. Went too long. The release date was October 1996. It has 23 endings. Does it have any wire hangers? I'm sorry. What are you talking about? It's a joke. Yeah, I just don't get okay, it. Um, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Oh, okay. So when I was where looking, we, I think it's where we first meet Medea. When I was looking up um, uh, the wiki for this for this book. Diary of, I got to Diary of a Mad, and then Bla- Diary of a Mad Black Woman came up. <laughs> uh, she's, like, rooting through somebody's fucking closet, and then Medea's just like, Wire hangers! I, I think Are you trying to whisper? No. Okay. It, feel, it felt like you were trying to whisper at first, and I was like, we need, we, need the, we need the mic to pick you up. It's also a Mommy Dearest reference. Is it really? Yeah. I don't know what Mommy Dearest is. I know who Mommy Mirist is. <laughs> Do you know who Mommy Mirist is? No. It's the uh, it's the MILF from Friday Night Funkin'. I've never seen... You don't know what Friday Night no. Funkin' is? The rhythm game with the... Uh, with all the beat boop bops? No. Really? No. Hold on. My favorite rhythm games are uh, Rock Band and Elite Beat Agents. Which is fair. Those are great bands. Or great fucking rhythm games. Jesus Christ. Um, Friday Night... Not lights, goddammit. And I don't want a birthday cake either, or a cake topper. Funkin'. 
No, I can't believe you haven't seen at least, like, art from this. This thing? You haven't seen this game? No. I've mm. seen pictures of it? Yeah, that's Friday Night Funkin'. And basically, it's just kind of a rhythm game, and it has some kind of lore to it that Matt Pat on Game Theory was looking at. But no, yeah. He's always looking at lore. Oh, no, yeah, that's, li- there is no lore. that's literally his thing, so yeah, I get it. Um, no, yeah, totally. Anyway, so today's Diary of a Mad Mummy. Michael, you, you are, you've been on here so many times, you know what we're doing right now. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, we have seven save slots, and you will get a save slot for every single... Uh, choice that we come across in this book and if we run out of save slots you will have to delete a prior save slot to put it there like to put it in the new one gotcha memory card is only 16 megabyte megabyte. what's Hmm? up playstation memory cards oh okay in the beginning they had very 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 little space they did you're right again i still miss the save icon it seems like you're trying to whisper (laughs) i'm not trying to whisper i'm just like not being loud that's fair okay well, let's get... So this is the cover. Do you want to describe what this looks like? Uh, for a second, I thought that... Like, I couldn't see the cover full on. Yeah. And so I couldn't tell that it was a mummy, but it kind of looked like a weasel from the new Suicide Squad. Oh my god, uh, it does. It does. Um, so, what we have here is a mummy who has kind of frazzled hair coming out of his bandages. Kind of frazzled. His eyes are being held open by... I can't remember what the hell they're called. Wait, no, no. The speculos? Those aren't speculos. The fuck are you I can't about? remember what the fuck they're called. What is it? The things that hold eyes open. I know there's a name for those. Yeah, can you look it up? I don't I don't want to be wrong about that. But oh. I think they're called speculos. Okay. Um, Anyways, I... no, he's just wearing glasses. But it looks like his eyes are being held open by something. Uh, his pupils are red. His yeah. skin is green, what you can see around the mouth. Uh, surprisingly, his teeth are yellow, but not... Speculum. Oh. Speculum? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, his teeth are kind of well taken care of. They're yellow, yeah. He may be a smoker. Or, you know, he might just drink a lot of tea. A lot of tea. Mm-hmm. He's writing in his diary. I can't read his name because it's written in hieroglyphs. Yes. And, and he's he... offering me a nice beverage from a beaker. Or a test tube. Testicles, I, was, I, think. I thought you were about to say from or a testicle, and I was like, "What?" No, um, I love how my brain just like gets up to shenanigans. Yeah, that's the cover. Oh god. Okay. It's um. It's also very shiny and silvery, like most of the rest of them. Yeah, yeah I, I like the shiny silver. I do too. That's why I wanted to keep holding it. Yeah. No, the shiny things on these books make me so happy and drew my attention as a kid. <laughs> there are fifteen bad endings in this. I almost said game, but in this book, three ambiguous endings and five good endings. And you get three lives to try to get a good ending, or at least an ending you feel is good. But you will have the option that if you get one, you're like, okay, that's good, we can just stop. Okay, let me go ahead and read the back for you. All wrapped up and no place to go. While you're on vacation, you get a chance to check out an exhibit of Egyptian artifacts and a pretty cool mummy. But but when you get to where the mummy is supposed to be, all you find is a pile of bandages and a really old diary filled with entries that seem to have been written by Mr. Mummy himself. If you touch the bandages, they'll wrap themselves around you and poof, you're a mummy. If you decide to use the clues in the diary to find the wrapped wonder, you'll find yourself searching through the pyramids in Egypt. Will you be stuck there forever? You're, the choice is yours in the scary Goosebumps adventure that's packed with over 20 super spooky endings. Did it just tell us an insta-death option? 
I feel like it just told us one of the insta-death options. It said that we'll be a mummy. Yes. Wouldn't that mean we're dead? We're like... Technically, we're the living dead. Well, no. Mummies exist in real life and are, in fact, very dead. Yeah, the dead ones. However, I assume I'm going to be a live, living mummy. Michael, my psychology teacher in high school, I don't want to sound like that's fancy or anything, but my high school had a fucking psychology teacher. Um, he was also the history teacher, though, so, oh well. He would always say, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Hey, you know, my principal said that once, and I told him if he wanted to be an ass, he can go ahead. Yeah? Yeah, he gave me detention for saying that. Well, shit. That sounds like a very mild thing to give somebody detention for. And the whole reason I was assuming something was I assumed the school would do something about me being bullied. Are you fucking serious? That's yeah. what he told said? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's all, that's very embarrassing on the school's part, to be honest. Like That's Gallatin County. Oh, yeah, 100%. Don't give a shit if you're bullied. Anyways, continuing on. Welcome to San Francisco. We're starting the book now. The tour guide says, Her voice echoes in the marble lobby of the office building. This is a famous pyramid building. The city's most famous skyscraper. When do we get to see the mummy? Your five-year-old sister whines at your side. You cringe and squeeze Susie's hand. You wish you didn't have to drag her around, but taking care of her is always your job on family vacations. Oh well, you think. Who cares? This is going to be the best vacation ever. You and your family are staying in a hotel in downtown San Francisco. You have a view of the whole city from your window, including the tall, spindly pyramid building just a few blocks away. Uh, and this month, there's a display of ancient Egyptian artifacts in the lobby, including a real mummy. You can't wait to check it out. I want the mummy! Susie whines again. I want... Oh god, I want my mummy! I want my mummy! Your older brother Derek chants back imitating Susie's babyish voice. You laugh at Derek's joke. Then you whisper to Susie, we'll see it as soon as the tour group gets out of the way. You peer through the crowd at the mummy in the in his glass case. Hey, did the mummy just move? Page two. Your heart starts pounding. It can't be, but you know you just saw the mummy's arm move. Didn't anyone else see it? You stare hard at the brightly lit display cases in the middle of the lobby. A tour group crowds around the glass, blocking your view, so you stand on your tiptoes. Under a pinkish halogen light, you can see a, an ancient bandaged mummy lying in a beautiful gold-painted wooden box. It's the first mummy you've ever seen. A king from more than 4,000 years ago. A dead person. Something about it gives you the creeps. The tour group the tour group, rather, moves away and the lobby clears. Come on, Susie squeals, pulling you towards the mummy case. I don't know why R.L. Stein insists on using the phrase mummy case instead of just fucking sarcophagus. I don't think he's in a sarcophagus. Then what's a mummy case? Because it's like... No, he's on a um, thing that's keeping him upright, and he's being displayed in a plexiglass case. But it just said he was in a gold-painted wooden box. Like, it just said he was in a sarcophagus, basically. But he's also being protected by the plexiglass. I guess, but he do The thing is, he does that for everything. Whether it's in a museum or not, he always says mummy case. Maybe he thinks we're too dumb to know the word sarcophagus. Well, he does think- it does seem like he thinks children are very stupid, so... Um, where they were are, Brandon. <laughs> they are, Brandon. Have you met a child? I've met several, and I- Several years ago, they were eating Tide Pods. Fuck, man. Yeah. I, I hate using that against them, but... But they did do that, like... That was a thing a they good, do. A good amount of people did do that. Thing is, a lot of them were too, were too old, 
old enough to know better. But dumb enough to do it anyways. Yeah, for some fucking reason. Which is why I fully justify slapping them across the face and telling them they're stupid. Jesus, my dude. Okay. No, no, if you know a teenager who's eating an iPod... A an ti- I- yes, if yeah, you, a Tide Pod. If you, if you see a teenager who is eating an iPod, smack them across the face. That is very expensive and very old. It could be some kind of merchandise. You could sell that somewhere. Maybe yeah, boy, eBay. Where do they get the iPod? Where did you get the iPod, kid? Number two. You've never seen this kind of what shit before. What does my shitty music taste, taste like? <laughs> Fuck it. Oh my god. I never had an iPod, but I had one of those, like, little... It was a knockoff MP3 player. It was, like, a small black rectangle. Mm-hmm. But it had a little screen on it where you could go and select the music that you put on it. It worked, but it was very much a knockoff MP3 player. Like, it wasn't real. Like, I had the iPod Shuffle. It wasn't Gucci. I won it in a bet. You won an iPod Shuffle in a bet? Yes. Okay, what was the bet? It was a Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel. I love that. They bet that they could beat me. Because that is just so on brand, and I love that so much. I put my deck up against their iPod shuffle. Their mom was pissed. Yeah, I fucking bet. <laughs> what do you bet? No, not nothing. I don't. I'm not a gambling man unless it's like video games. Because then I'll I'll get ri- I'll gamble away all the fucking money, in game money. Oh. Yeah, I don't gamble away real money. I'm not my father. Anyway. <gasps> what? Are you good? No, I love bringing that up. I love bringing up that there was a time, and to be fair, he was under immense grief. His his mother had just passed away, so this was like a couple years back, and he just like gambled away over $3,000 in a night. Like, I believe on penny slots. <laughs> the, f- the change in your face of, oh, wait, what? The man has the patience of a saint. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) On the penny slots? Motherfucker. I don't have the patience for a dollar on the penny slots. To be fair... you're telling me he spent 3,000... To be fair, that could be wrong, but it's the funniest version of the story to tell. So, that's what I go with. I I just know that my evidence is he really likes the penny slots. Ba-king. Let us continue. I thought I turned that notification down. Let us continue. Shit, where the fuck was I? Uh, a dead. Wait. Uh, first mummy you were seeing a king more than four thousand years ago. No, wait. I got to mummy case. Where the fuck was mummy case? Uh. Oh God, I can't find it. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Susie squeals, pulling you up towards the mummy case. A strange chill runs up your spine as you step closer. You gaze at the mummy's face and and shudder. Not shoulders. And you shudder. It is hideous. Part of its face is still wrapped up, but part of it isn't. You can see his dried, leathery skin stretched tightly over his shrunken, bony nose. You back away, and your foot bumps into something on the floor. You glance down to see see what you've kicked. Hey, look, you cry out softly, but no one's listening. The tour group scattered. Susie has let go of your hand. She's pressing her nose to the glass in front of the wooden mummy case. As usual, your 14-year-old brother, Derek, is acting as if he doesn't know any of you. <laughs> He's talking to some kids by the door. Your parents examine another display case. Oh, cool, there's actually parents in this in this book. Holy shit. Uh, I wonder when they're going to die or oh leave. No, they're just going to go. Care. They're going to go on vacation. In the middle of their vacation. Repeat after me. I need a vacation. Vacation's where I wanna be. Okay. (laughs) I love you, Michael. 
no one notices what you found on the floor. You pick it up. It's a small clump of folded pages tied together at the edge with dried grass. That doesn't sound very stable. It looks like some kind of ancient book. You open it carefully. The pages seem as if they might crumble in your hands. You peer at the squiggly markings on the page. To your surprise, you recognize the words. They're in English. Because <laughs> this is America. Why wouldn't they be? The handwriting is hard to read, but finally you figure out what it says. Ahem. <clears throat> This is the first day in my tomb. I am wrapped so tightly that I fear I may never breathe again. The bandages that preserve me are in pr are a prison. I am a king, yet they have brought me here, drained me of my blood, and bound me with bandages. Against my will! Stop! I beg them. Do not do this horrible thing. I am not dead. I am alive! Your mouth drops open as you flip through the ancient pages. Could this be a diary of some kind? A mummy's diary? Man, written written 4,000 years ago? I don't, I don't think, I think that's a lot to jump, I think it's a lot of conclusions to jump to, my dude. But why isn't it ancient hieroglyphs? Well, how can it be in English? This is weird, definitely weird, but somehow in your heart, you know the diary is real. Gotta trust your heart. Every word of it is true. Gotta trust your heart. Why? Plot. You glance around again. No one notices you. You turn another page and read on. I am embalmed alive. Me, the pharaoh, the king. And why? For one reason only. Because upon my neck I bear a strange birthmark. A red stain in the, sh in the strange shape that frightens my people. They think it is a sign of evil. Even I am not sure what it means. Does it really mean I am evil? Could I actually hurt people? Am I? Mad? Your hands tremble as you flip to another page and read on. Each night, my spirit walks the earth. For centuries, each night, or every night, my spirit writes this diary. For now, at last, my chance has come. Tonight, my body will walk the earth. Tonight, here, in the strangest of all pyramids, I will escape my prison. Turn to page 9 for some reason. I don't know why he does that. I don't know why he does that either. Maybe to let you know, oh, hey, by the way, you, you turn pages in this book. I think it's like the illusion of like, oh, you're doing something when you're not making a decision. Mm. Can it be possible? Is the mummy going to escape tonight? How? And is this the strangest of all pyramids? The pyramid building? It would seem strange to some old pharaoh, you guess. You read over the same pages again, trying to make sense of them. Each night my spirit writes this diary, it says. No way, you think. He isn't writing with his, with his hand. He's writing with his mind. Again, a lot of conclusions to just fucking jump to out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And just explained away with like, oh yeah, I just know it in my heart. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> the mummy thinks something and it appears in the page. Awesome. You shoot a quick sideways glance to make sure the lobby guard isn't watching. <laughs> then you tuck the diary under your shirt. Kid starts writing in, in the journal. My name is, is Harry Potter. The mummy. I am Tom Marvolo Riddle. Oh shit, he's seen the he's seen the Harry Potter movies. What page was it again? Oh, 132. So we have to go clear to the back of the fucking book next. Okay. You've got to read more than this. It's amazing. The mummy writes it in his with his mind. But then but just then you hear your mother calling your name. Yoohoo! Big summer blowout! Again she calls you. Bring Susie and come on, she says. You've got to get away so you can look at, at the diary. You don't want your parents to see it and take it away from you. Not after you just found it. You scan the lobby for some place to go. You spot an elevator. Hmm, 
Hmm. Maybe you can duck in there and zoom to the top of the pyramid. Finish reading the diary before someone finds you. Or maybe you should just keep the diary hidden and wait. You don't want to get in trouble with mom and dad. And besides, your hotel isn't too far away. You could just sneak back here tonight and see if the mummy really escapes. The diary says tonight I will escape my prison. So what will it be? Will you come back tonight or will you take the elevator now? I'll come back tonight. You're going to come back tonight? All right. Yeah. We're going all the way back to page 20. Yay. Yay. Make Brandon do work. Oh, God. A dead mummy come al coming alive again? You want to see that. You hold the diary... You hold the diary hidden inside your shirt and look around for Susie. Coming, mother, you say. <laughs> you'll look back. You'll come back tonight and find out what the diary says. Watch you come back and be like, the doors are locked. Well, I guess this is the end. I'm, I'm fucking waiting for it. See, I always find those. Huh? I yeah, always, you always I found find every those. single one. See you later, you whisper to the mummy. He looks completely dead to you, but you know you saw his arm move. <laughs> Even though he was surrounded by people who also were closely watching him, so maybe you're just hallucinating. But that's fine, it's fine. You saw him move, don't worry. Should have had those quaaludes. Yeah, really? You keep the diary hidden in your shirt during dinner in, Chi and in Chinatown. You never get, the, get a chance to read it. Back at the hotel, Susie is hungry again. She insists on ordering for room service, but they never show up. She wants to stay up waiting, but eventually your parents make you all go to bed. Finally, when everyone else is asleep, you sneak out of, of the hotel. The cool, foggy night air makes you shiver as you walk two blocks to the pyramid building. The streets are empty at, the t at this time of night. When you reach the building, you slip in through the f open front door. Why is it open? You find the lobby guard asleep. Oh, typical. He's sitting on a stool, slumped over a tall reception desk. A small light on his desk the gives the, the cavernous lobby an eerie glow. You step past the guard, toward the display in the center of the lobby. After a minute, your eyes adjust to the dim light. Then, you spot it. And gasp! The glass case holding the mummy is broken. The mummy is gone. Turn to page 36. Which means he knocked the fuck out of the guard. Like, the guard's not asleep, he got knocked the fuck out. You stare at the display case, your hands are clammy, your heart beats faster. You can't believe it. Has the mummy really escaped? All the other glass cases are fine. There's a fancy gold throne in one, a large, feather-shaped fan in another. Only the mummy display case is broken. Only the mummy is gone. You missed it. You're too late. Broken glass litters the floor at your feet. It seems as if the mummy practically exploded out of his case. Slowly, hold on, excuse me, you inch closer. Uh, you glance down, avoiding the glass. Then you spot it, a trail of old cloth bandages. Not just one, either. A whole bunch of them. You know this is crazy, but it looks as if the mummy unwrapped itself as he ran away. You can't see the bandages very well in the dark, so you bend over to pick one up, but something stops you. A noise. Someone is coming from the far side of the lobby. You'd better get out of there. Fast. If you pick up the bandages, turn to page 51. If you think you'd better run, turn to page 18. 51. 51? We're going to pick up the bandages? Yes. You want to see what happens when you turn into a mummy, huh? Mm-hmm. 100%, Brandon. My dog. Oh, God. My mouth feels... I feel... Hold on, wait. I can't tell if I'm going to yawn. Yawn or yak? Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. Sorry, so I'm trying to, like... No, I'm trying to, like, rehydrate my mouth with water. Water is hydration, yes. Mm-hmm. Water is life. Water is love. Just like Shrek. It's all aqua now. It's all aqua now. That useless goddess. You'll hide... 
Wait, you'll hide as soon as you get a better look at those bandages. Your hands shake as you bend down to pick up a long piece of cloth. It's so old and thin and gauzy. Can this really be a bandage that wrapped up the mummy? Also, in a trance, you stare at the ancient fabric in your hands. Or almost in a trance, sorry, not also, fuck. Your eyes glaze over. All you can think about is the mummy. Out there. Somewhere. Alive. When you snap out of your daydream and you hear the footsteps again, you glance up and peer into the dark corners of the lobby. You spot a shadow moving. Uh-oh, time to hide. You try to drop the cloth, but for some reason you can't seem to let go. You glance down and gasp. Somehow, the bandit has wrapped itself around your hand and around your arm. It's wrapping up your whole body. Turn to page 69. Nice. Nice. Terrified, you claw the bandages at bo with both hands. You tear at them, trying to pull them away from your arms, your neck. But by now your hands are wrapped up, both of them. It's as if you're wearing gauze mittens. You can't grip the cloth. The harder you try to pull the bandages away, the more tightly they encircle you. You gaze, you gaze down at your legs. Oh no, they're wrapped up too. In fact, your whole body is completely bandaged, like a mummy. There's a yawn. No, you want to scream, but the sound won't come out. When you hear a scuffling sound again, an instant later, a figure steps out of the shadows. You gasp and stumble back. It's the mummy! You stare in horror at his brown and leathery, dried, shrunken body. He's... And then he starts to walk towards you. Find out what he wants on page 82. Maybe he's friendly. Oh God. Might I ask you for a glass of water? Water! Please! Help me! Haunted Mask 2. Remember? I thought it was Spongebob. Oh, no. That's, I need it! Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm feeling that, dude. The yawn? Yeah. No, I'm so fucking tired today. I, I don't know why, but like, in the past five minutes, I've, my eyelids have started getting he heavy. Right? It's like, no. I am comfy, and I'm being read a story. No, yeah, 100%. Even though I'm reading it, I just, I feel so relaxed and comfy, and I know we gotta, like, fucking fix, do the console stuff earlier, even though I probably might just blow it off until another time again. <laughs> You're never gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I have to do it. You're never gonna do it. I've already started, started buying games for the Xbox One. I gotta do it. <laughs> I bought Sunset Overdrive. No. What do you mean, no? You're gonna be using my account, aren't you? I don't know. Probably not. Why? I own it. You already own Sunset Overdrive? Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know what games you have. Also, I don't even know- I don't know if it'll even let me use your account. That's the thing that we were gonna experiment on. Yeah. I was gonna log you into my account here. And I was going to go home and log in on my Series X. Right. And since they're different Xboxes, I was going to do the experiment to see if it would let them both accounts be on at the same time. Because they're separate consoles. I think that gets me... I think the thing that I think... I don't think it would let that happen. I don't think especially it would let you play on the same game at the same time. So either way, I would have to like have an account. You know what I mean? Especially if we wanted to play like fucking... Uh, see a thieves together, you know. We'll find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, you sound so tired, dude. I, I'm just fat. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck. 
what page are we on? Oh, 82. This can't be happening. Your brain screams. The diary can't be true. A mummy can't come back to life. Not after being dead for 4,000 years. But he is. And he is headed straight towards you. His nose is a pointed bump on his hard brown leather face. His eye sockets have no eyeballs. They're just big. Well, he has them on the front cover. Unless that's not that mummy. Oh, God. And it's in fact me. Oh, no. Uh, they're... No eyeballs, they're just big gaping pits. I'll show you a big gaping pit and you've known me. Um, his mouth is open in a hideous half-smile, half-scream. He's so tiny, you think. About your height, but much thinner, bonier. So horrible, but so small. Like an itty-bitty-teeny-weeny. <laughs> just But for just that instant, you feel sorry for him. Until you realize he's coming closer. Closer. Before you know it, he reaches out and touches your face. Reach out and touch face. I was thinking more. Watch it burn as I touch your face. You know, Adele. That is Adele, right? I'm not just I fucking that. Know. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's Adele. I have no clue. That's Adele. There's like four Adele songs. That's one of them. I know Adele sings "Hello." No, yeah, that's like. It's me. It's me. <laughs> Hello. It's me. Um. Touches your face. A sudden jolt flows through you like an electrical shock. Then the mummy pulls his hand away. Your heart nearly stops as you watch what's happening. The mummy begins to transform. What do you think he's transforming into, Michael? Me. Yep, into you! Try to stop trembling as you turn to page 94. I'm pretty sure as I was flipping through, I saw like a, an actual like maze that needed to be solved. I am so glad I didn't go with the maze. <sighs> you don't know that yet. You don't know if you got to the maze yet. Um, you're, the, the mummy's leather face softens and then fills out. His dried skin becomes fleshy and alive. Hey, that's your face! Not only that, he's even wearing your clothes. Then, he turns and runs away. Your face and body start to tingle. Something's happening. Something horrible. You grab and claw at the bandages that wrap you tightly. Under the bandages, you can feel your flesh shriveling and dying, as if you've been sitting in an oven for over 4,000 years. It's the bandages, you realize. The bandages are doing something to your skin. You notice a loose end of cloth dangling from a long bandage. You yank it, and the cloth around your head begins to unwind. Hold on, I feel like I got a burp coming up as well. Uh, uh, nope. Never mind. I guess it's gone. Gone forever into the void. You have to see what's happened to you. You race towards the elevators, frank frantically unwrapping as you go. You gaze into the polished chrome elevator doors. No. Your heart pounds in terror as you see your reflection. Your face, it's brown and it's brown and leathery. Your skin is dried and sunken. Your mouth is a gaping hole. You've turned into a mummy. And now I need to turn to page 103. Your mouth is a gaping hole. Yes. I am just a hole. <laughs> I'm very tired, if you guys can't realize. Thing is, I got plenty of sleep last night. Like, plenty of sleep. Me too, I got at least four hours. My dude. That's more than I normally get, Brandon. Oh my god, no, I got... I got more than eight hours, but it's Sunday, and every Sunday, no, without fail, I just want a nap. I just want to take a nap. I don't want to do anything but nap. However, we're always recording on Sundays. Why are we recording on Sundays? Because I stream on Saturdays. I'll just come over early in the day then. 
Well, I don't stream till 7, so I guess we could do that at some point. My dude. My dude. Well, I, I have other stuff I need to get done on Saturdays. Usually this would be my one Sunday off if it weren't for this... If it weren't for this dang bonus episode and it's dog! <laughs> I'm funny. Um... Alright, which page was I on? 103? Yep. The room spins. You struggle to keep from fainting. This can't be happening. There's a yawn. Hold on, man. This might be the most tired bonus episode we ever have. Yeah. Welcome to nap time with Brandon. Welcome to nap time with Kinda Creepy. Fucking... I don't think you're allowed to do streams on Twitch where you just sleep. Like, I think that's actually against the rules... But I know, I think there was, like, somebody who did one where he's like, yeah, I'm gonna take a nap, but you can pay certain amounts of things to set off these alarms within my house or to change the lighting and shit. And so you're still doing stuff, and you might actually be trying to keep me awake. Hmm. Which I think is very interesting. Oh, that worked for him. Well, oh, we made a decent bit. Yeah, it worked. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Can't be happening. Well, one more look at the chrome-mirrored elevator door convinces you. It's happening. You're a mummy. At first, you were too terrified to think. You just stand there in the lobby, stunned. Then, you hear the sleeping guard start to move. Uh-oh. He's waking up. You don't want to face him, or anyone looking like this. Quickly, you, you come up with a plan. You've got to make it back to the hotel. Maybe your family can help, but that means walking through the streets. You'd have to take your chances and hope that no one spots you. A living mummy! Then again, you could just try to unwrap the horrible mummy bandages right now. Maybe if you get them off, you'll change back into yourself. What should you do? Will you go back to the hotel, or try to unwrap yourself? Go back to the hotel. Yeah, I feel like unwrap is death. 47. I mean, why wouldn't I just go touch the fucking guard and be like, I take your face now? Because then you wouldn't get your life back, but at the same time, if you're a kid, now I'm an adult, and I can do adult things like taxes and sex. Yeah, just <laughs> pull the fucking security footage, because I'm now the guard. I look like the guard. Yeah. But then pull that the guard security is- footage, be like, hey, this is what happened. This is not your child. This is the fucking mummy. I I'm have your proof. child, yes. Mom, dad, Hi. Woo! The name's Ron. The name is L. Ron Hubbard now. I stole that name from a book I read. <laughs> the father of Scientology. I forgot that's what that was. Mighty space lizards. Oh god. The hotel, you decide. You've got to get back there to your family. You need help. No! I'm not getting on anymore! Father! Oh, yeah! <clears throat> no! No, I don't want to. I don't want to yawn anymore. I'm going to try and not do that. But what if your parents take one look at you and freak out? Yeah, I would. What if they don't recognize you? You've got to take that chance. You tiptoe across the marble floor of the lobby. Your footsteps don't make a sound. Probably because the bandages are still wrapped around your feet. You sneak past the still sleeping guard and slip out into the foggy night. Your bandages trail behind you as you head back towards the hotel. You glance around, hoping no one will see you. At the corner, you accidentally catch your reflection in a store window. Your face is so hideous, you almost scream. Stay calm, you tell yourself. Only one more block to go. Uh-oh, here comes a car. Quick, hide on page 29. Here's the thing, though. What's up? He hasn't tried talking at all. Yeah, he did. He did? Yeah, he's tried he's tried screaming out no but couldn't. Mm, okay. Yeah. 
you, you have to hide. You duck into the alcove of a nearby building and huddle in the shadows. The long black limousine cruises by. Phew, close one. Except an instant later, the two glass doors behind you swing open and two doctors walk out. One man, one woman. That's when you notice a sign over the entrance. Emergency medical assistance. Hey, the male doctor says to you, what are you doing out here? You should be in bed. You are very sick. Then the female doctor steps closer. She peers into your face, at your shrunken, dried, brown leather face. She grabs your wrists. Hey, look, she whispers to the other doctor. This isn't a patient. It's a mummy. Turn to page 86. All right, whatever, guys. I think this is the dead ending. Is this the dead ending? I'm being experimented on. I'm be <laughs> being experimented on. Really? The other doctor says slowly. Oh, no, wait. Really? The other doctor says slowly. A living mummy. He steps towards and peers, peers uh, at you over the top of his gold wire-rimmed glasses. Amazing. I sure would like to see what's inside this guy, the female doctor says. Wouldn't you? The male doctor nods and grins. We could make a lot of money on this, he mutters. You don't have the... You don't have the way these two... You don't like the way, rather, these two are looking at you. There's something creepy about the glint in their eye and the eager expressions on their faces. And what does it mean, see what's inside? One thing's for sure, it doesn't sound good. The female doctor tightens her grip on your wrist. You glance back out in the street to see if the limousine is gone. It's not. What are you going to do? If you pull away and dash out into the street, turn to page 91. If you stay hidden in the alcove with the doctors, turn to page 112. Limousine. The limousine? All right, taking our chances. Yeah. I mean, it could be Snoop. It could be Snoop Doggy Dog. Mm -hmm. uh, for a brief moment, Snoop Lion. Yes. But changed back once nobody called him that. I still can't believe he did that. Do you remember that shit? I do. Like, for the week that it happened or whatever? <laughs> like, yeah, Snoop Lion is my name now. Because I ain't lying about these candle prices that I'm selling now. Like, I don't fucking... Um, have you seen the, uh, the lighter advertisements where it's, like, Martha Stewart? Like, great for candles and the Snoop Dogg and other things. Oh, my God. Yeah, their friendship is the best thing. I love it so much. <laughs> it's like, what celebrities do ship being friends? Definitely not... I wouldn't have thought Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, but... Good God, does it work. No, it works very well, actually. Snoop, I made you this ashtray. Yeah, yeah. I made something to put out in it. <laughs> I made something for the ashtray. Let's share. Hell yeah. <laughs> I guarantee, no, like, I th isn't that, like, a thing that Martha Stewart also gets high as shit? I think so. I think she does indeed smoke weed. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, which is fine. Like, I just, again, wouldn't have fucking expected it. Just chill-ass older white lady. <laughs> These doctors are creeps, you decide. They're looking at you as if you just won the lottery. Oh God, there is a maze. If they just won the lottery. Yeah, see, look, the next page over, that's a maze. There's a literal, like, it's it's a children's maze, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, it's a maze. How do you fail that? No, yeah, this is the easiest fucking maze I think I've ever seen. Like, it's not even one of those, like, actual labyrinth puzzle things. It's just, like... Basically a straight shot over as long as you're not an idiot. Which goes to prove Arlstein thinks children are fucking idiots. Again, he's right. <laughs> Again, he's kind of right. I would have had trouble with this as a child. I can only speak for myself. I was a dumbass kid. I can speak for a lot of people too because... God, there are some idiot kids. 
Um, there's, like, I want to be fair, there are some cool kids, too, or whatever. I know, I fucking love Tyler's kids. Like, they're great. Um, there, there's been a couple kids that, that I have legitimately been like, okay, you're actually cool. Like, I, I vibe with you heavily. But then I look at some of my cousins, and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to be around you for more than five minutes. If I can help it. If, I'll deal with the five minutes if I have to, but you're just annoying as shit. <laughs> None of my cousins listen to this, so it's fine. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Secretly at the next family reunion slash major family gathering. No, there's... So, uh, you don't like us, huh, Brandon? No, not once. Never. Never have. <laughs> um, anyway, where the fuck was I? Oh, they're looking at you if they just won the lottery and you're the prize. You've got to get away from them. You yank your wrist hard. You dash out of the alcove. How much do you want to bet that she has the wrist still? I'm hoping. Like, we find out in a minute that we just don't have an arm anymore or a wrist. You dash out of the alcove and back into the sidewalk. Luckily, the limousine driver doesn't seem to notice you. Even with your bandages trailing behind you, the doctors chase you, but they manage to slip. But you manage to slip away from them. You sneak into a side door of the hotel and take the elevator to the 14th floor. You rush to the room and sh you share with your family. Then, you reach for your room key. Your heart starts to pound. Oh no, you forgot. You're a mummy. No pockets. No room key. You knock on the door. What else can you do? You hear footsteps inside the room. Good. Someone's coming. But who? You hope it's your older brother Derek. He can be a jerk sometimes, but usually the two of you get along. You wrap your face back as best you can and put your hand on your hip. Trying to look casual. <laughs> trying to look casual. Oh my god. The door swings open. When you see who's there, a scream rises in your throat. Who's at the door? Find out on page 66. 20 bucks says it's you. Standing in a door in front of you is the most terrifying thing you've ever seen in your life. Say it with me, Michael. You. you. <laughs> At least it looks like you. You know that it's really the mummy. He stole your body, and now he's living in your hotel room and wearing your clothes. He looks really stupid in your pajamas, too. The mummy, the kid who looks like you, laughs in your face. Then he slams the door and double locks it. Hey, you try to shout, but no sound comes out. Then you realize you can't speak. Again, we did this earlier, though. 75. There it is. He just became predictable. Yeah, like this. At least we have our hand, though. We apparently, yeah. Or we haven't noticed it gone. Yeah, really. Um, quick drink of water. No, like this book so far has been very predictable, and I think it lost. And the, again, maybe it's just because I'm tired. And I'm just like I don't want to deal with this bullshit right now. Mm -hmm. I want to deal with this R.L. Stein follow your heart bullshit because really that's all it was. Is like oh he's doing this, and I know it. I just know it. Like dude, come a fuck on. Like let that be a reveal at the end of the book in one of the timelines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking. Right, let's just be glad I'm not in control of detachable limbs. Right. If my hand had come off, it'd be choking one of those doctors. Right. Um, for a moment, you stand in the hallway just staring at the locked door. Locked. Locked out of your hotel room. Locked away from your family. Locked out of your own life. And no one even knows it, you realize. Your family probably thinks the mummy is you. Why not? He looks like you. No. You want to cry? Okay, I just realized something. This would actually be a really cool fucking deal. Mm. Just get to sleep in a case all the time. Just write your thoughts out through your mind in this fucking diary. I'm claustrophobic, so no. Really? Yeah. Break the case. The other mummy did. Why not? Eventually, they're gonna stop buying cases after a bunch of them are broken. <laughs> like, eventually, they're just gonna find the mummy on the ground in front of the case too many times and be like, you know what? Let's just leave him there. 
here's my thing though. What's up? The mummy had all the power in this situation. Oh, 100%. He's a fucking museum item. Yes. Why didn't he just put a sign outside of himself and be like, "Yo, I don't mind people coming here and looking at me. However, I would like, you know, maybe to steal a your- relaxation area when the place is closed." I would like to steal your child's body every once in a while, if that's okay with you. Uh, not in that way, but like literally just possess their body, like a body switcher type deal. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, can I rent somebody's body can for I a rent? night, like, you know, they get every to, other weekend? Yeah, they get to sleep in this case, very luxurious, very nice, um, and I get to go to Disneyland. So, yeah. you know, everyone's, everyone's a winner, really. I continue to be, you know... Or, hey, hey, hey. The world's most expensive beef jerky. An adult's body, even. How about that? You get you get a couple weeks off work. I get to experience work, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. And then I have a better appreciation for just standing up in this fucking glass box. Apparently. No, yeah. There's so many better ways this could have... This mummy could have gone about things. Mm-hmm. Um, or bring me a death row inmate. Yeah, really. Somebody like, preferably on the younger side. Prefer- preferably. They get to be the mummy. I get to continue roaming the earth. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. They're expired. They're, um... Dealt with. Not as happy. Mm-hmm. But they're not dead yet. Huh? True. They can get eternal life as a display item. Not really eternal life, but they just... That's their just prison until the, the body gets too old and then they switch back. And then they get to die. Yes. But until then, they can sleep. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you tell that sleep is just on my mind? I have I'm a question, not, though. What's up? How did, after Mummy stole my face. And how body. Did, how did he know where to go? You know what? Very fair. Because I don't, unless there's just remnant memories, but then why don't we have remnant memories? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, what, that's, why it, can't I summon a plague? It's just another thing that's not explained. You're a mummy, not Moses. Goddamn. Like. Um, excuse me. Brendan Fraser, in his mummy movie, Imhotep, summoned the fucking plagues. Was that the one where the beetles were coming up through the guy's skin? Yes. Okay, that gave me nightmares as a child. Like, I still vividly remember that because of how bad that freaked me out because I hated bugs so much. Okay, but like, uh, I don't know if this is true. I think, I think you shared it. Or one of my other friends shared it. Okay. Um, apparently, in one of the old times scenes with Imhotep and Anaxuna Moon, mm-hmm. uh, Alexis, I think that's no Patricia, who played Anaxuna Moon, didn't come in. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, and was, it, was, Brendan it was Brendan Fraser in her I, outfit. I did share that. Yeah. Just, I hope that is true. And he was like, the look on everybody's face was priceless. <laughs> he wasn't even supposed to be on set that day. <laughs> No, I want that. I want to believe that, and therefore I'm claiming it canon, whether it's real or not. I can only imagine the look on Arno Vosloo's face. It had to have been great. Oh yeah, wonderful. <laughs> Fucking no, I want that to be real so bad. But then Arno just plays so if it's out not, the scene. if it's not, nobody tell me otherwise. I just want <laughs> just let it be real to me. Just let it continue to be real in my heart. This might be the worst, best bonus episode ever. Right. We're barely talking about the fucking book. Um, where the fuck was I? <laughs> How many times have I said that now? <laughs> uh, and no one even knows it, you realize. Your family probably... 
Yes, Michael. Do you have a Do you have a problem with this book? Do you have a problem with the way that this book is written? Yes, I don't like the fact that we're reading it in hieroglyphs. Why didn't they just translate it to English? The thing is, I like how there's hieroglyphs on the front of the diary, and it just says "my diary." Also, he also it's on the back cover if it's in English. If you look at it, <laughs> this would make more sense if you flipped it. Yeah, like if you mirrored the image. But then that would cover up that. For, well, I know that's there too, so it wouldn't matter. When does the tusk tube shit come in? I don't know. Does the diary? No. Does the mummy make a potion? Is the mummy Snape? Is the mummy just Professor Snape? Turn to page 390, Stork. <laughs> what? Because hieroglyphs? Is yes. That your, okay. <laughs> Leave me alone, okay? I don't have good material today. Fuck you. I don't have good material today. I've just got book. <laughs> fuck you and your water bottle. I mean, you can try to fuck the water bottle if you want. I just don't think that'd be the most comfortable experience. Don't you tell me what I think is comfortable. Don't you tell me what I can and cannot fuck. The doctor be like, so, uh, you want to explain this one? I shoved the water bottle up my pee hole. Is there anything else that I need to tell you? Just get it out! <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that. Yeah. Loud. I have a headache. Yeah. Sorry. You're splitting. Whoops. Um. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, there's stuff going on in the other room. We're trying to we're trying to be quiet, uh, like for the most part at least. We're not trying to yell like I just did. That's probably that actually probably was like my biggest sound wave this this episode. Yes, otherwise we've just been sleepy boys. We've just been it's a sleepy boy episode. <laughs> we need to start a separate podcast called Sleepy Boys, and we have to call each other every time we're just like we're at the cusp of wanting to take a nap, and then we just record us talking to each other. That's it. That's the whole thing. Yawns do not get edited out. I love and hate the word cusp. Cusp? Yes. Why is that? Just because. I think it's fancy. It's but it also has a couple meanings. Isn't isn't like a cusp one of those things that you like clip your sleeves together with? Is that a, that's a cufflink. My bad. Yeah. That's different. It's obviously different. Uh, Welcome to Sleepy Boys. <laughs> No, I feel like if we did that, we would have to have, like, a camera, because half of it would just be us, like, looking at each other weird. It had me in my torn fucking pajama pants, because I don't have a single pair that doesn't have a hole somewhere. Speaking of pajama pants, so, like, so last night I streamed Metopia, um, and if you haven't played Metopia on the Switch, you need to play it. It's one of the funnest games I've ever played. Uh, it's a port from a 3DS game, but they added more, like, creation features, like makeup and shit. It's really cool. Um... No, and so, in my game, I made my friend, so, Tyler, our, our ex-host, um, he is our warrior, I'm a thief, Michael, you're a mage, and Jordan, our new host, she is a cleric. Uh, first of all, all the clerics' outfits are hideous, they're so, they're so god-awful. Um, Michael, one of the outfits for you was just, like, a polka-dotted, they called it a polka-dotted robe, but it was just a bathrobe. <laughs> Like, with uh, light blue po and uh, white polka dots. And I was like, mm -hmm. that one's cool, but I like this wizard one still with stars on it. Uh, there's also a clown robe that, that you got. No. No? No. No, it's, like, got the frills on the neck and stuff. It's actually kind of oh, cool. No. It's actually kind of cool looking, but mm -hmm. I still like the wizard robe more. No. Like, 100% more. Um... What's cool is all the outfits and, and uh, weapons and stuff have stats... 
but you can go to the highest stat weapon and just change the appearance to whatever one thinks you think looks coolest. So I like that. I think that I think it's a cool mix and match. Where were we? Um uh, fucking your family probably thinks the mummy is you. Why not? He looks like you. No, you want to cry. You can't steal my life that way. What is with these kids and like, oh, you can't steal my life. How good is your fucking life? Like how good is your privileged ass little fucking life? Like well, better than being wrinkled like that. I guess like, fucking, I don't know. Who'd win, a kid or one wrinkly boy? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. But your mouth won't make the sound. Suddenly you hear a noise. The elevator. Someone's coming. Your heart pounds, pounds faster. Don't let anyone see me, you think. Please. Quick, hide on page 10. Alright, here we go. You've gotten a lot farther in this so far than I, th I thought you would have like been being turned into a mummy. Frantically, you glance around for some place to hide. Any place. You spot a storage closet a few feet away. The door slide, uh, slides slight, stands slightly open. Yes, you think, as you quickly step inside. You flip on a light, hold your breath, and listen. Are the footsteps coming? Why would you flip on the light? People can see through the cracks. Fuck, never mind. Are the footsteps coming towards you? You wait. Your heart pounds. Finally, the footsteps pass. You breathe and glance around in the supplies of the closet. Rolls of toilet paper, soap, tiny bottles of hotel shampoo, towels, mops, a vacuum cleaner, and pens! Ballpoint pens with the hotel's name on them. Small notepads, too. There are some just like them by the telephone in your room. That's what you need, you realize. Paper and pen, so you can write your family a note. Wait a second. Just use your mind to write a note on the paper that's inside your family's room. Right? I have no mind powers. No mind powers? Then what the fuck yeah. is the point? The the mummy unlocked that last little part of his brain during his 4,000-year entombment. Fair enough. He unlocked the, the other 50% of the brain so he could just write Wait, it. no. What? He mentioned, like, him himself being... Didn't he mention him being mummified? Yeah, I think he did. They're mummifying me today. Or some shit like that. Or they mummified me or whatever. I don't fucking know. So he already knew how to fucking... He was just doing the shit. Maybe that's the fucking birthmark thing. It lets you write things with your mind. Which isn't the coolest fucking ability, honestly. Like, that might help me out a bit. Like, you know, with writing stories, since it's hard for me to just make myself sit down and write stories. So that might help me a bit. But that has no actual practice, like, practical use, really. Besides just, you know, never needing a pen. I'd rather materialize the things in my mind. Right. That'd be cool. That'd be over overpowered sometimes. So that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, I just materialize the button. The button? The button. What button? The button. The button. Yes. What button? It's just the button. A button. What kind of button? No, not a button. The button. The button of what? It's just the button. Button of what? It's just the button. What's the button do, Michael? Besides be a button. It's a button. It's a... That was easy. Fucking. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, I materialized the button that, like, you press it and someone in the world dies, but you get, like, fucking a billion dollars. Oh no, it implodes the universe. Implo just the implode universe button. But it's just called the button. The button. The button. Shit. Well. 
put I would say you could put that in like a room and I don't think anybody wouldn't press it just out of curiosity. Exactly. And then like they wouldn't even be like, oh no, I imploded the universe because they're all dead. Because you imploded. So um ballpoint pens, hotel's name on them. That's what you need to realize. Paper and pens, you can write your family a note. Uh, you start you start to scribble a note to your brother Derek, but suddenly you notice something else on the closet floor. Something even better than a pen. A gun! No, sorry. That'd been hilarious. Keys. The housekeeper could have dropped them. You decide. You look. They look like master keys that will open every room in the hotel. If you use the keys to open the hotel door, turn to page forty-one. If you write a note and slip it to Derek, turn to page one seventeen. That was a little weird of a build-up, but okay. I'll write the note. You're going to write the note. Write the note. All right. 117. Because my thinking is, if I just bust into the fucking room... Boom, baby! Yeah. Yeah, they're just going to be like, ah, it's a mummy! Then all of a sudden... Then unload, like... the fucking uh, pot. <laughs> fucking unload... Unloads, like, fucking rounds upon rounds of shells into you, like, mm -hmm. gun bullets and shit. Oh god, you're doing that movie thing where they go, oh, like, da -da -da -da, like whatever. I don't know and how to. Where all the squibs are going off? Uh, huh? Where all the squibs are going off? Squibs. Okay, a squib is a small explosive that is placed on the body. Yeah. Why not? Expl I think they're set off by air. See, that's but, what um, I was confused about because I know a squib in Harry Potter is uh, no, no, a squib a is a filled blood pack, basically. Oh shit! And when you see somebody get shot, that's what's going off. Yeah, but they're doing that motion where they're going back and forth. Yeah. yeah. You decide to write a note to your brother and slide it under your family's hotel room door. Clumsily, you pick up a pen and clutch it in your gauzy hand. Your hand feels like a paw, like a paw with... Yes? Gauzy. That's gonna be my rap name, Lil Gauzy. Lil Gauzy. Uh, your hand feels like a paw with all that cloth wrapped around it, so your handwriting looks messy. Or looks weird. Messy. Still no burp. I thought that was another burp. It's not coming. But who cares? Quickly, you scribble a note... It says, Dear Derek, help. I can't explain how, but somehow I've been transformed into a mummy, and the mummy has taken over my body. Don't trust that creep. He's just pretending to be me. I'm hiding in the storage closet down the hall. Please come help me. You think a moment. Then you add your birthday and the name of your favorite ba baseball player, just so I'll know for sure that it's you. Then you sign your name. You sneak out to the closet and walk down the hall. Your gauzy feet <laughs> don't make a sound. You slip the note under the door to the room where your family is staying. Then you hurry back to the closet door and hide and wait. And you are pro you or your little sister, I have, I'm assuming, are going to be the ones getting the note. I don't think Derek's mm -hmm. getting this note. Turn to page 59. God damn it. 59. 59, please. Accio 59. God damn it. I keep, I keep like turning past it. There we go. 10 minutes go by. 20. They're all asleep, dumbass. What do you think? You think they're going to wake up? Like, damn. You stand in the, in the storage closet, hiding, waiting for someone to find you. But who will it be? You hate this part. It feels too much like playing hide-and-seek, waiting to be caught. Suddenly, you hear footsteps in the hall. Quiet footsteps. You hold your breath. The footsteps stop right outside the storage closet. Silence. Why doesn't he come in, you wonder? What's he waiting for? Probably stealing himself to see a mummy. Mm-hmm. Is it Derek? You don't dare open... Or the open janitor. Or the janitor, yeah. You don't dare open the door. But what if it's not Derek? What if it's someone else? Silence. Finally, you start to reach for the knob. Before you touch it, it turns by itself. The door swings open. <laughs> 
and I see myself. No, you, your body, your face. You're standing out in the hall, but it isn't you. It's the mummy inside your body. Quickly, he reaches out and grabs you by the neck. Turn to page 42. Am I finally dead? Am I finally dead? Kill me. Nope. The mummy, who looks exactly like you, moves forward into the storage closet. He pushes you back, forcing you against the closet wall. You're trapped. I got your note, he grumbles. Yeah, because that was the dumbest fucking idea. I'm sorry it was. Nobody else is going to be up but him. I, I was thinking maybe I'd wait for Derek to come out for breakfast or something, and I'd slip him the note. But no! I gotta slip it under the door. And when the hell have you ever seen a hotel room that has any clearance between the floor and the door? I don't know. I've been. It's been a while since I've been in an actual hotel room. All I know is that the thermostats are top notch, and like the the nice cold room is very nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice stiff bed. <laughs> but anyway, the mummy. I read that. I got your note. It grumbles. It reaches into his pajama pockets, your pajamas, and pulls out the crumpled paper you wrote on. He throws it in your face. Forget it. You're never going to get your body back. I've been waiting too long for this chance. My chance to have a life. Still pinning you against the wall, clo uh, back closet wall with one hand, he grabs your bandages with the other, and the bandages that wrap themselves. Wait, that wrap themselves around you all by themselves. You try to fight them off, or fight him off, but he's stronger. He unrest. So he he still he like has powers still. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't fucking matter. All right. He unwraps you from the top, unwinding the bandages that encircle your head. You won't last long without these, he says. Your body will soon start to rot, and then ah! All at once, he jumps back. A look of terror flashes into his eyes. Turn to page sixteen. Did he accidentally like fucking get turn? Is he turning himself back into a fucking mummy? Your bandages, the one the mummy kid is unwrapping, have trailed across his arm. All at once, they start to wrap themselves around, just as they had mysteriously clung to you. They bind him quickly, tightly. They seem to have a life of their own. As if they want to choke him to death, the mummy kid's eyes flash with fear. No, he cries, trying to pull away. Yes, you think. This is it. This is how I can trade places with him. If you can just get all the bandages off in time then they'll wrap around him just as they wrapped around you in the lobby of the pyramid building as fast as you can you start to unwrap the rest of your bandages quickly you unwrap the horrible gauze so that it will be free to encircle the mummy the bandages wind themselves around his face his neck his body they pin his arms to his side so he can't move turn to page 111 are we gonna get the best ending right off the bat that'd be dope as hell no, the mummy kid lets out a muffled cry from under his bandaged mouth, but you ignore him. As soon as he is wrapped up, you reach out and touch, touch him on the face, your face. Instantly, you feel a sudden jolt of electricity flow through you, like an electrical shock. It burns and stings, and you feel it twice, once in the mummy's body, once in your own. As if you are two people at once, you pull your hand away. All at once, the mummy kid's skin begins to harden to the ancient dried brown leather. You get, you glance down at your own hands and watch them turn pink again. After that, everything seems like a blur. You race to your hotel room, tell your parents the whole story. No one quite believes you about the mummy being alive, especially since he's not alive now. He seems perfectly and completely dead. But later that night, when you pick up the mummy's diary, you find something new written on the last page. I am back in my prison, for now, it says, but soon I will awaken again and take up, take my revenge. Here we go again. The end. Yeah, I think you might have gotten the best ending the first time. Is this the first time you've gotten a good ending first try? Yeah. 
This might be the first time anyone's gotten a good ending first try. I can't remember. <laughs> Doing this for what? Over one a, shot, Johnson. Over a year? Holy shit. No, yeah, then um, that's okay, then. Are you good with that, then? Yeah. Yeah? Got a good ending? Um, and I... This is kind of poetic. Is it? Yeah. Like poetic justice, or... Yeah. I took out my enemy in a closet. Oh. It's because you're gay, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and after defeating the evil, I saw shade out. Hell yeah. Wearing what little was left of the bandage as a fucking... What are they called? Hmm. A scarf? A boa? A boa. Yes. Yeah. I want to see you in a boa. Oh, God. I think you'd look wonderful. Uh, hold on, there actually is a pick. You have a, you have a fucking boa pick? Yeah, hold on. Hell fucking yeah. It is on Facebook. No, never mind. It was caution tape. It was caution tape? Yeah. I mean... We were decorating for Halloween at uh, Nancy's house. We need boas. <laughs> I We need to bring boas back in fashion. Like 100%. I don't think they ever went out of fashion, per se. They really didn't, but people stopped wearing them as much, and it makes me sad. Yeah, that's more of a 1920s uh, yeah. Hollywood model thing. I get you. Okay, are we ready for the endings? First of all, I'm gonna... I asked this, like, three times, but for the first time, out of what we've read so far, what have you thought of the story? Like, just your thoughts. It was predictable. It was predictable, 100%. Did that help you at all make decisions, or...? Not really. Or were you just fucking going with it? I was just going with it. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just... <clears throat> oh, there it is, finally. Took a whole episode. I'm surprised the fucking Prince Pharaoh we idiot don't know. mummy... We don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised the dude who got mummified in ancient times was stupid enough to grab the fucking bandage. He was just mad. Like No one thinks when they're mad. You're not new when you're angry. Try Snickers. Yeah, really? He didn't have that back then. He had no idea of knowing. Like, ugh. I'm glad it worked out for me, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. Are you ready for the endings? Yes. Okay. Let's see what I avoided. Like I said, there are, list there are 15 bad endings, three ambiguous endings, and you got one of the five good endings. So, you know, not as cool as if there were two good endings, but still cool. Don't flip me off. When I was little, I used to call it flicking off. Mm hmm And so, my stepmom would make fun of me, and just, like, flick me and be like, here, I'm flicking you off, I'm flicking you off, and I, I wish you... <laughs> I hated her. I hated her a lot. I wish horrible things on that woman. I wish horrible things on that... The thing is, like... I actively do it right now. I'm... I don't want to say I'm pretty over it, because I do talk about it a lot, but it's because a lot of the trauma that I have nowadays stems from it, even though I'm still currently working on it. Like, I was very, like, she, um, she very, very much emotionally abused me throughout my, my entire childhood, and that, that has repercussions, you know what I mean? Like, once we actually have fucking mental health again, or mental health, <laughs> once we have, um, insurance, health insurance again, I want to try to get a, uh, not a lawyer, a fucking... Therapist? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I'm tired. Anyway... Bad endings. The mummy turns you and Derek into mummies, and he takes you to the top of the Coit Tower, where he plans to conduct a ritual that will make him come back to life. You push him off the building, destroying him, but this makes you and Derek crumble into dust. The wind blows your dusty remains all the way to Egypt. Hmm. 
Um, the mummy pulls you into a sarcophagus. You try to yank your arm away from the mummy, but he's so strong that he pulls your arm off. Ow, that hurts. Okay. You decide you decide to let the mummy take Susie instead of yourself? Oh, good. The mummy calls you a jerk before taking Susie away with him. Susie helps the mummy come back to life, and the two of them end up becoming famous and rich. Ultimately, they refuse to share their fame with you. No, yeah, I wouldn't either. That's fair. As a mummy, you're examined by doctors. Okay, so this would have been a bad one if we'd stayed, I guess. As a mummy, you're examined by doctors who find a computer chip in your brain, proving that ancient Egyptians invented modern technology. <laughs> you are considered a scientific wonder, and you become famous. After a while, you become tired of this and want to go back to your family. You try to write a note asking the doctors to help you, but your writing comes out as hieroglyphs, so you have no way to communicate. Alright, first of all, this could have been a good ending if they had just gotten rid of the idea of, Oh, I want to go back to my family. No, you're fucking rich and famous, my dude. Just go, just go with it. Just call them up and be like, hey, come visit me. Yeah, you don't talk in hieroglyphs, Jesus. Look at my McMansion. Yeah, really. Why, like, why do you have to write it? <laughs> like, literally. Also, why would it be in hieroglyphs in the first place? The original mummy wrote in English. Yeah. it's That makes no sense. As a mummy, you're captured by two museum guards who take you out to a in a boat, playing to sell you, but because you removed your bandages, your body is rotting fast. The guards throw you overboard into shark-infested waters, and the sharks eat you. Mm. Uh, the museum director keeps you as a mummy and puts you in a storage locker, wanting to make you part of the exhibition. Alright. Derek finds you in the basement and takes you back to your parents. They're furious that you left Susie alone and went off by yourself without telling anyone they grounded you for a month. So I assume this would have happened if you went off, you know... Ran to the elevator Yeah, the yeah. After ending up in Egypt, you place the mummy's diary back inside his tomb, then use a magic portal to take you back to San Francisco. You take the elevator to get back to your hotel. When the door is open, the mummy is standing in the doorway. The mummy is angry with you for stealing his diary and entering his sacred burial chamber uninvited. It's implied that he kills you. Hmm. Two criminals steal your camel and... <laughs> Two criminals steal your camel and leave you stranded in the middle of a desert. My camel! <laughs> you drink some blue lemonade, which is drugged. You fall unconscious, and the diary is stolen. Because the story revolves around the diary, you can't go on any further. The book scolds you for drinking something that obviously wasn't safe. That's kind of lazy. Being like, oh, it can't go on because there's no diary. You know what I mean? Just make another fucking sub thing. Good lesson, though. What's that? Oh, yeah, don't... Don't drink things that you didn't fix yourself. Yeah, really. No... I was reading this one thing, and there was this bar, and I think this is how all bars should operate, but there was this bar, and somebody had came and told, or no, there was a live band playing and everything, and the manager of the bar gets up on stage, stops the band, and says, we've been informed that somebody saw somebody slip something into someone's drink, please do not drink, do not, no one finish your drink, please bring it to us, we will give you a new one, like, 100%, you will get a, a new one for free. And we will, and if you are the person who got something put in your drink, we, our bartender will let you know. And I love that. Yes. That's very fucking amazing. Like, I really wish that was a more standard practice. It should be. No, yeah, because it's calling them out instead of just doing things under the table and, like, being sneaky about it. No, fucking call people out. Make them feel embarrassed. Make them feel bad. Because they should. You know what I mean? Like... It's like, oh, they could retaliate. Yeah, but there's all these people there. What the fuck are you going to do about it? You're just one person. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I don't think the entire bar is going to be in favor of the dude who just tried to roofie somebody. Yeah, really. 
Oh, hell no. More likely, you would need defending against the other patrons. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. I love that practice. Okay, you don't drink the lemonade. The, okay, so basically, if you got to the lemonade, it's a bad thing all around, I guess. It would be difficult for me not to drink blue lemonade, though. It's just so cool. It reminds me of Kool-Aid. I wonder if it's like raspberry lemonade or something. <sighs> Blueberry lemonade, something like that. Yeah, it'd have to be the blue... Uh, Blueberry. I don't yeah. know what color raspberries are. Like Raspberries red. are red. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and raspberry lemonade is kind of pinkish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, you don't drink the lemonade. The guy you were talking to turns out to be an FBI agent who's going to accept you into the special training into a special training scheme. You take a celebratory sip of the lemonade. You just motherfucker! But it was drugged and knocks you out cold. This means you failed the test to join. That's so dumb. That's so fucking dumb. I hate that. That that feels so goddamn lazy. I love you, R.L. Stein, but this was bull. That was bu those two endings are bullshit. You're being chased by a crocodile, so you throw it some Fruity Bites candy. But the crocodile follows you around to get more, and eventually you run out. It seems you as a Fruity Bite, or it sees you as a Fruity Bite and implies that you are eaten by a crocodile. Hmm. Michael, you are a Fruity Bite, because you are both small and fruity. And I bite. And you bite. Pack a punch. Yes. Okay. Uh, you try to get past the crocodile to water, but you d but you don't make it, and the crocodile eats you. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Okay. You ask movie star Illinois Smith to translate the diary for you, thinking that he'll understand it since he plays an archaeologist. That's fucking stupid. He thinks you're asking for his autograph, so he scrawls his name in the diary, completely covering the hieroglyphs you wanted him to decipher. I oh, my God. It's hilarious. Illinois Smith, Indiana Jones. No, yeah, that I, that's funny. I, I love it. I like that one. Just... I wonder if he had the same, like, attitude that Harrison Ford does right. when fans approach him. Mm-hmm. Because if too many fans approach Harrison in one day, he gets annoyed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And his default setting is kind of, you know... Dick. Already slightly annoyed. Yeah. Like, I get it, though, you know? No, yeah, I totally understand. Like, and on the one hand, fans, you mm -hmm. know? You should be appreciative of them. But on the other hand... You can only take so much. No, yeah, you're on, you're only human, and like I feel like people need to understand that. Mm -hmm. I I'm very much like I am very nervous to ever meet anybody that I actually like look up to, like some kind of celebrity or band member or whatever. I've met Family Force Five, and they're all and they're very cool people. And I've met um I met the band We as Human back when they were We as Human. And they were really, they were really mm -hmm. nice to us and shit. But I guess to me, I never want to come across as that fan, mm -hmm. like that one that's just weird or whatever. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I'm all, I'm so like I'm deathly nervous of always coming across like that. And I think that translates over into me like reaching out to make possible friends. I'm always worried that I'm just gonna come across creepy because one, I am a guy, and two, I know how I look. <laughs> Like, I know I get those big eyes whenever I see celebrities. <laughs> but no, um, me and my friend Regine, we were at a, uh, I think it was called Scarecon. Yeah. In Louisville. Or Lexington, one of them. One mm -hmm. of the L places. Yeah. And we wound up meeting uh, Zach Baggins, Josh oh, Gates, that's... and Malcolm McDowell. Fun. Guess which one of them was nice? Not Zach Bagans, I do know that one. Wasn't Malcolm McDowell either. 
Josh Gates was the nice one. Which one's Josh, G- Josh Gates? Um, he did a uh, travel. I think it was Travel Channel. Oh, series? I think I know who you're talking about. Okay, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, and I'm unashamedly attracted to him. Right, right, right. I think he's hot as hell. But he was really nice, and he was so cool. And we also met Kane Hodder, who again is awesome. Yes, he was fucking cool. Uh, Rebecca hasn't met. Excuse me, my fiance Rebecca. She has met, or before he died, rest in peace. Um, uh, Sid Hegg. Sid Hegg. Yes, I I was blanking on his name. I felt like an <laughs> asshole, but no. Not Josh Hodder. <laughs> Josh Hodder. Yeah, Josh Gates. That's what I wanted to see. Yes, I recognize this motherfucker. Uh, he did Destination Truth. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, he was a sweetheart. Malcolm McDowell was a total dick. That's the dude who played Loomis in, in the Rob Zombie. The Rob Halloween's. Zombie Halloweens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And before we met him, I had the absolute like, I had respect for Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. After meeting him, I would not watch anything he's in. Really. I left a fucking movie because he was in it. Really? Holy shit. Just because of how bad of a person he is? Yeah. Like, like how rude of a person he is or whatever? Yeah. And Zach Bagans, you're actually not even the only person I've, I know personally who has met Zach Bagans and has come away like, no, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. I hate that dude. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I can't remember. Rebecca's, uh, Rebecca's uh, brother-in-law, he actually moderates panels for cons, mm-hmm. like, everywhere. Like, he's met Kirsten Gillian multiple times. Uh, he's done a bunch of horror ones. And, yeah... So her sister met Zach Bagan and stuff. And you've told me this too. Aaron Goodwin, absolute sweetheart. Yeah. Zach Bagan's absolute jackass. Just like yeah. very full of himself and just. Like, Ray Jean was on the verge of tears after meeting Zach. And then Aaron came up to her and apologized for how he treated her. So what exactly happened? He was just dismissive of everything. Like. She paid to get his autograph, mm-hmm. have a very short conversation, like two, three questions, and he was just, yeah, 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 it is. Which is like, what the fuck? Like, dude, like, especially when you're paying, like, you're getting paid to do this job. Like, yeah. you're getting paid to interact with your fans. I would be ecstatic. Like, literally ecstatic. Well, one, because I could never picture myself having actual fans. But, like... <laughs> we have a fan. Well, no, I know we... It's over there. Oh, my God, yeah, the one that's uh, keeping us cool and probably the only thing keeping me from falling asleep because of a nice <laughs> little flow of air. But, um... But, no, like, I could never picture somebody wanting to meet me so bad that they're willing to pay money mm-hmm. and stuff. So, the idea that somebody is just so dismissive of someone who's willing to do that like it enjoys what you do enough to do that that's so dumb and i hate it like no yeah you're not the first person to tell me that zach Bagans is an asshole yeah and it's like what's the point of even going to a con if you're just gonna be a jackass to your fans because you're getting paid to go to the con but at the same time it's just like you're not gonna you're not gonna be asked to come back mm-hmm. like come on man I, I, I will never understand that. Mm-hmm. At least is, give the illusion that you care. Mm-hmm. I mean, your show's fake anyways. Act like you give a damn. The thing is... Zach. The thing is about the fucking show is, like, I truly believe that towards the beginning of the show, they had really good intentions and really wanted to find stuff. And that's and why... And then fame. Huh? And then fame. And then it got too big, and they got too big for their... He got too big for his own head and for all of his fucking shirts. And, um... 
because he's swole as fuck to anybody don't know. That wasn't a fat joke. He's just, he's too ripped, but yet wears shirts that are like 3X small. <laughs> um, yeah. But. Don't need to be swole when you have a crowbar. Really? Mr. Baggins. But like, no, it's, because I'll, even every once in a while, I'll still go back and watch early episodes of the show because I do like some of the evidence that they find and it does feel like they had good intentions when they started but newer iterations of the show newer episodes you can just tell they don't it's it's so mm-hmm. played it feels so played up I I tried watching his show um a while back it was like it was the artifacts one mm-hmm. and it they did two per episode I was in the first episode the first one they did I was like all right fine this actually looks kind of cool and the second one they did was robert the doll are you aware of robert the doll yes okay for people who don't know robert the doll is a haunted a pretty famous haunted doll i don't exactly know where it resides but a lot of people um if you make fun of robert while you're in his presence or whatever you'll have bad luck and people write letters to apologize and shit well the whole thing is you're supposed to kind of be respectful in front of robert the doll but Zach has this butler character or whatever. Um, I guess he's like the caretaker or whatever. And it was such a fake scene that actually legitimately made me cringe. Is the butler character walked in, went over to Robert as if to shake his hand because he acted like he thought he was a real person. And then very fakely went, oh, oh, and like ran out of the room. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And the thing is, it could it could have been passable if you would have been like, this was a if you would have admitted, hey, this was planned to show you how you're not supposed to act in front of Robert. But no, they tried to pass it off as if it was a real reaction. It's just so dumb. I hated it. Mm-hmm. It made me stop watching immediately because it's like, okay, no, yeah, this is this is just going to keep getting worse. All right. Well, there's our Zach Bagans rant. The last <laughs> fucking... Yeah. The last bad ending was you, you fall into a tar pit and are boiled alive in hot tar. Oh, fun. Very fun. Ambiguous endings. Like I said, I think they're... Th- I wish I could have met Carrie Fisher. Oh, 100%. I was like, she was real about everything. Mm-hmm. She didn't give a shit. I want... <laughs> I, I'm I'm still like... I, I'm still nervous about meeting people I, I admire, but I really would love to meet R.L. Stein before he dies. Like, one day. Because he can't live forever, even though he... It feels like he should. But... <laughs> but, um... Even though I'm pretty sure he might be some form of vampire. He can't live forever. And he's getting up there, I think. And I just... I think well, R.L. Stein, for as much... Like, as in, as included in my life as his writing was throughout my life, I think he might... Like, he's a celebrity I would legitimately cry if they died. And I want to see this, so I'm going to see if he's making any appearances anywhere. You want to see me cry if he dies? Out of hap... No. <laughs> I thought he might... See, make make you cry if you met him. I don't think I would cry if I met him. Like that would, that would make me feel embarrassed. Because you know, I again don't want to be that fan. I don't want to come across as that fan. <clears throat> I don't. I legit would have. I would legit cry if I meet Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. I'd cry if I met her. Right. I would have cried if I ever got to meet uh Carrie Fisher. Right. Because those two are the biggest influences on my life and believing that female characters should be strong. 100%. Absolutely. Like, if you're going to be in an action movie or a horror movie, you can't just be the fucking damsel in distress. And I love that. I love that 
Uh, they were basically pioneers for that <laughs> and shit. Sigourney went back for the cat. <laughs> Sigourney went back for the cat. She did in the first Aliens movie. There's mm-hmm. this uh, orange cat named Jonesy. He's right. the ship's cat. Yeah. She got that cat out. I know there was like a meme that's like, if you're watching Aliens and the guy says, why did you go back for the cat? He's not the one. Exactly. <laughs> why did you go back for the cat? He's not the one. Yes. Um, he got his own comic. What? Jonesy the cat got his own comic. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, and he's technically the oldest living cat. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's 90 something. Oh my God. Because uh, he, he and uh, Ripley were in cryostasis. Oh, shit. I'm trying to think of... Sorry, I'm also trying to think of, like, if I got to meet Earl Stein, which book would I have him sign? I don't... I'm not sure if it would be a Goosebump book or if it would be an, a Fear Street book. Um, if it was a Goosebump book, it would probably be... I don't know, because I think I have a newer version of Beast from the East. I can't remember. But if I do, I'd, I would want it to be Beast from the East, but I wouldn't want it to be that version. I would want it to be a version <laughs> of a book that I've had forever you know what i mean yes and so it would have to be one of my original fear street books i had like trapped or high tide or something or um it would have to be one of the ones that i grew up with that i had like don't go to sleep or uh one of those i can't remember which ones i i've had for a while i'd have to see them be like okay that one reminds me or no one of them was uh, best friend is invisible i think egg Ooh. monster from mars i've had for a while um <laughs> But no, they would have to be those books because, like, no, I would I would love to meet R.L. Stein. Other celebrities I would love to meet include a good majority of the Harry Potter cast, including, including Ivana Lynch. I am absolutely in love with Ivana Lynch. I love, like, she's wonderful. Granted, I haven't seen a lot, I haven't seen a lot of her stuff um, I've only really seen her as Luna Lovegood in Harry Potter, which, you know, being a little bit younger is what sparked me loving her because yes. I fucking love Luna. But the fact that she does, like, she's just such a nice person and like, she's, she's awesome. Fucking love Ivana Lich. Anyway. And the fact that she's the person who checked everybody on the sets of Harry Potter, like, that's not how it happened in the books. Yes, I love that. Oh my <laughs> God. Should have had that in a, you know. Mm-hmm. She should have been introduced before she was, just so Goblet of Fire wouldn't have been so fucked up. No, to those of you who don't know and who like Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, it's if you wonder if you've read the book and were wondering, hey, why does this seem so different? It's because we all we all know that the second Dumbledore, Michael Gammon, did not read a single Harry Potter book. He was just playing the character as himself. Whatever. I hate mm-hmm. that, but whatever. Um, but also the director for the fourth Harry for Goblet of Fire. Also never read the book. He claimed it was too complicated. And that makes me irrationally infuriated. Because I feel like as somebody who's putting this movie together and doing this, you need to have some kind of respect for the source material. Like, like, that's just me, maybe. But it's just like, come on, dude. You couldn't fucking read a goddamn children's book? You're a got you're a fucking director. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we're just <laughs> I know we're just ranting now. We haven't even gotten through the ambiguous endings at all. Yeah. Uh first I- ambiguous ending. Mummy asked you to restore his use, so you treat him to a s Oh my god. We're you going want- to a spa, aren't we? You take him to a s- for a spa treatment. Yes. This makes him look a few centuries younger. The mummy thanks you for your help and leaves. However, when you get back to the hotel, there is a new diary entry. The mummy thinks you are so wise he intends to follow you around forever. Dude, I'm actually okay with that. Right? That's not bad. That That's not ambiguous. Just be like, hey, you don't need to follow me. Just come chill. 
I'll tell my parents what's going on. They'll be a little freaked at first. But, but it, they'll get over it. It's yeah. fine. It'll be okay. I mean, new mummy friend. Everyone gets over... Everyone gets used to something. I mean, I, I was... Even when we were reading the book, I was going to say, why don't we just get him some fucking skin cream? Yeah, really. After switching bodies with the mummy, you try to alert your family to what's happened. The mummy, posing as you, tells your parents to call the police. Police officers arrive and assume that your father vandalized the mummy exhibit, so they arrest him. At this point, the, mu the, evil the mummy laughs evilly, making everyone suspicious of him. Your mother recognizes you as her child. The book ass assures you that this is a good ending, but it is unclear if you get your original body back. Hmm. <laughs> And finally, you switch bodies with the mummy again. He's sent, he is sent back to the sarcophagus. However, later that day, you discover that the diary contains a new... Are you fucking serious? Hmm. The ending we got was considered ambiguous. No. Because, and I quote, he plans to escape again soon and get revenge. Go fuck yourself. I don't think Stein knows what ambiguous means. Honestly. Or whoever wrote this wiki. Like... Where's I, the official reasons for where why these are good and bad endings? I think a lot of them are pretty self-explanatory. I get that. If you die, it's a bad ending. However, I believe if you live, it should be a good ending. But I understand ambiguous like, you live, but... You know what I mean? So I guess I understand that, but we it still feels like a, a good ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. We thought it was a good ending. It it just it makes me upset because no, we didn't get the good ending first off. We got you should have told me it was an ambiguous ending. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know until we just read it. I had no clue. Like you found out the same time I did that it was an ambiguous ending. It felt like a good ending to me. Mm. Let's check out. What I the believe you. I love you. Let's check out the good ending. I don't read these beforehand. I need you to know that. I do not read these beforehand. From now on, we're going to mark the pages with ambiguous endings. Be like, bad, 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 bad. Good. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. Ambiguous. Um, the mummy... Okay, good endings. The mummy turns out to be an animatronic that is part of a publicity stunt. You get to join in and play with the controls. The mummy t uses you and Derek in the ritual for him to return to life. Once he comes back to life, he thanks you for his help before disappearing into the city. You and Derek go back to the hotel, but the mummy display is no longer there. See, why isn't that ambiguous? Something's different. I know why it's not ambiguous. I'm just upset and tired. Um, we're gonna edit this wiki. No, we're not. I'm not yes, gonna. I am. I'm not gonna edit this wiki. I will edit this wiki out of revenge. What the? Revenge? I control my fate, Brandon. <laughs> I never looked at it like that but when it comes to wikis like this the people who edit them are literally in control of their own fates for the books exactly I can just be like oh no, yeah, this when I goes die, down here when I died here that was actually a good ending because you know is how I rationalize shit yeah <laughs> uh, you know the correct words to bring the mummy back to life he vanishes and leaves you all his treasure okay that one's a good one I see that one sure hmm. The diary turns out to have been an elaborate prank by Derek. However, the real mummy is missing. You assume that it is a coincidence and enjoy your vacation in San Francisco. When you get home, you read a newspaper headline saying that the mummy was stolen by thieves on the night you visited the exhibit. Oh no, why isn't that a bad ending? That implies that we're going to be questioned and possibly accused of I don't know about that. Grand Theft Mummy. I don't know about that. Maybe. And finally, the hieroglyphs in the diary turn out to be reviews for restaurants in Egypt. Are you fucking kidding me? What? First of all, what hieroglyphs? It was in English. 
Uh, no, I give McDonald's on the Nile a four out of five. <laughs> oh my god! And what restaurants? Oh, probably just modern day restaurants. I was thinking like mummy restaurants. Oh man! All right. So after hearing all the endings, now what do you think of the book? Has anything changed? Not really. Like, I just opinion, want blue lemonade. I just want blue lemonade. While I go home, get on my ten-year-old laptop and edit this fucking wiki. <laughs> Your ten-year-old laptop got blow the dust off it and shit. Yeah. Um. Okay. We have trivia too. Yay! This, this book has several pieces of pop culture or references to pop culture. One of the choices requires uh, the reader to know the saying "Teki Karu, Teki Kara, Teki Kari" from *Return of the Mummy*. Mm-hmm. One choice in this book uses the phrase "Klatu Barada Nikto," a reference "Day the Earth Stood Still" to 1951 film *The Day the Earth Stood Still*. Also used in uh, *Army of Darkness*. Yeah. Only Ash couldn't remember it, so it was "Klatu Barada." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> still works. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it fucks everything up. The character Illinois Smith is a parody of Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> but thank you, because I actually <laughs> didn't realize until you pointed it out, Michael. The back cover tagline of the book is a play on the saying "All dressed up and no no place to go." The back cover tagline in of A Night in Terror Tower also references the saying. And the front cover tagline of Werewolf Skin does as well. Stein, you need to figure out a new phrase to reference. The book suggests that hieroglyphs are ide ideographic, meaning that each symbol is a picture that depicts an item or an idea. But this is mostly untrue. Hieroglyphs are, are both phonetic and ideographic, which means that the pictures don't actually or don't always have to do with the message. Should have, uh, did a bit more research, Stein, I guess. Some endings assert that the reader is male, such as your mother referring to you as her boy. I didn't realize that, but no, you're right, yeah. This is we most... automatically went to boy. Hmm? We automatically went to male. What do you mean? We never thought that our character was anything other than a male. Well, that's because you're in this, like, you're the insert for this. Yeah. Uh, technically. But no, like, you're right. They say that even though it's supposed to be, like, you know, interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Some of the pages have decisions that b both lead to a bad ending. Like the lemonade. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you're going to accidentally drink it. This title is a possible reference to the Ozzy Osbourne album and song Diary of a Madman. Uh, references in other references in other Goosebumps media in Trilogy Part Two, Strike Three, You're Doomed. There is a scene in which Jessica Walters enters Matthew Erickson's room. In this scene, the content of Matthew's bookshelf becomes visible. The shelf is filled with Goosebumps books. The only book that is clearly visible in the scene is Diary of a Mad Mummy. Hmm. So, Coolio, nice, nice, love it. Um, do the does the trivia enhance your? Ideas not one the, bit. Not one bit. <laughs> That's not fine. Not a single fucking enhancement. That's fine. All natural. All natural. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today and listening. Um, I'm sorry this has been such a sleepy fucking recording, but you know what? Bitches gotta nap sometimes. <laughs> and middle of recording seemed like the perfect time to do it, I guess. But we love you. Thank you so much. And we hope to see you again. Uh, actually, the next episode is this Friday. 
uh, after this comes out. So yeah, hope to see you in that episode, and stay creepy, and boobie. Stay sleepy, and boobie. Stay sleepy, creeps. Boobie. Sleepy creepy. Sleepy creep. <laughs> <laughs>